The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To Reality, a pop culture, current affairs, and LGBT news-oriented panel discussion series that's dedicated to you. Here are your hosts, Dominion Onyx, Carl Anthony, John Sebastian, and Legionnaire. Good evening and welcome to Reality, exclusively on Papi Chulo Radio. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, 2016, and it's time for another heaping helping of pop culture on demand from your favorite radio station and mine, PapiChuloRadio.com. All right. Yeah. Say whoop upside the head. Say oops upside the head. Say what? Oops upside the head. Say oops upside the head. Say what? <laughs> My inner white woman is giving you a look. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> my inner white, my inner white woman is looking at you over her horn rim spectacles as she pulls her fur closer around her shoulders <laughs> and and pulls her purse closer to her chest. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Because you may be a white woman, but I'm a Brahmin. Hmm. Oh, you're a bull. Congratulations. No, dear. A Boston Brahmin. Oh, so you're a Boston bull. Real congratulations. <laughs> I will not tolerate your I will not tolerate your <laughs> ethnic foolishness. Mm, okay. <laughs> or my trickery. Or my mm-hmm. eth- my eth- my ethnic trickery. How are you Don't doing, dear? I'm doing all. You know what? For what it's worth, I'm doing all right. Yes. Well, I'm hallelujah. Doing all right. Hallelujah. Did you do uh, anything special for Halloween? Yes, actually, I did. I sat on my sofa with Poppins and Bob and actively ignored the kids who came to my door, except for that last two. <laughs> who tried to open my door. Oh, and wow. I was what like, kind of uh, neighborhood y'all lived in? I thought you lived in a rich white people neighborhood. Well, just because we live in a rich white people neighborhood don't mean that everybody in here is rich and white. You know, mm. they do. Well, you know, you know why people steal. Mm. And smell like wet potato <laughs> chips. But uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, so I opened the door and I was like, uh, you will get hurt. At this house, trying to open a door, don't do that again. <laughs> sorry, I was like, did don't you give them some candy, or was that it, or the treat was that they got to continue living? The treat was they got to continue living. No, because I'm like, I'm, you know, our lights were off. We were mm-hmm. on, like I said, we were doing our thing. We were just kind of chilling, and you know, and Poppins was in his good space. And they rang the doorbell, and we didn't answer. They knocked on the door, they didn't answer, and the child. Like, pushed the lever down on my door and started trying to open it. Like, hold on, kid. I will shoot you. 
Wow. In Jesus' name. So, you know, so that was that was what we did. And then I got drunk. Um, so it was a good night. That sounds classy. Well, you know, when you're drinking red French red wine, you can say anything and it sounds classy. Right. So. <laughs> we mailed we murdered someone last night. And then we drank red wine. And then and then we drank a, a Rothschild nineteen fifty two. It was fabulous. Well, Legionnaire and I spent the weekend together. He, he I know you did. Under my roof. I mm-hmm. know. I did. I did you did. have fun, darling? I did. I did. I had such a good time. Of course, you know, I, I would have expected nothing less uh, hanging with Dominion. But the party was very festive. And, and I got to tease some people and tease some people some more and check a few folks it was it was fun Ooh, you got to check a bit yes they had this 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 gentleman from from chicago uh, no less decided that you know he was gonna push up on me because i was because of the way i was wearing my um my mario brothers costume he uh-huh. liked the, he he liked the cut of my jib apparently oh so, right. yes his jib was looking quite nice. <laughs> so, you know, he decided he wanted to speak and, and, and you know, make his uh, make his pitch. And, you know, I went along with it, you know, of course. And he had to go and, and, and get me a drink or so he claimed, but didn't come back. And, you know, I kept on with my evening as, as I am wont to do, because, of course, I wasn't sweating that. But he caught up with me later. And uh, said, oh, I have to apologize. You know, I, I, I owe you that drink. I said, oh, you don't need to apologize. I said, it's a party. And and as long as you're having a good time, that's all I could be concerned with. Because I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. So he went and we walked down and, and, and got the drink and everything. And he's, of course, still complimenting me on my costume and how I'm feeling it. And, you know, and I'm accepting the compliment with the grace and and dignity that is my um that is my staple mm-hmm. and uh then he notices my ring you know on my you know my wedding ring and he says right. oh he's like oh what's that about i said what do you mean what's, what is it about i said it's a ring he said well, oh it, does it mean something i said yes it means that i have a husband at home he's like oh oh well you know i guess that means that uh that that this is this conversation that we have and isn't a good idea. I said, well, why would you say that? You clearly don't want to marry me. You probably just want to fuck me, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, uh, well, no, it's not like that. I said, oh, come on, come on. Now we all grown men. I said, I tell you what, I'm gonna take my drink that I will thank you for and go back upstairs. And when you're ready to have a more grown folks conversation, come on upstairs Ooh, and join me. Yes. <laughs> That's see. That's what I'm talking about. Call and it right. out. And that felt so good. Oh, that felt so good. Did that not? Did that feel good on your jib? It felt real good on my jib. Warmed yes. my, it warmed my cockles. Warmed the cockles <laughs> of your heart, baby. Yes. And uh, we also went to see Moonlight. Yes. How was that? It's definitely something that uh, you should take a look at. I mean, even if it doesn't necessarily directly represent, you know, your experience, it's mm-hmm. an experience 
of people that we know and it's a it's a black experience and so you know we want you know support when we can we do well kids let's get this show on the road because we have a lot of interesting stuff to cover starting with all right this really pissed me off and i know it's going to piss off uh you john sebastian i mean i'm sure it's going to take all of us off but i know that you have a personal connection uh-huh. Not to this boy in particular, but into this story. Uh-huh. So there is a young man in um, uh, Syracuse, New York, who's yeah, New York. autistic, who got lost while running a 5K and was assaulted by a man who feared getting mugged. So last week, uh, there was an arrest warrant issued for an upstate New York man accused of assaulting this dude uh during a 5k cross-country run in rochester so um a city judge approved the arrest application for martin mcdonald 57 for second degree harassment um but police told clarice coleman the mother of the teenager that because the charges of violation rather than a felony or a misdemeanor they cannot arrest McDonald until the letter is physically in his hand. So, uh, McDonald admitted to police that he pushed Chase Coleman, a freshman at Corcoran High School in Syracuse, while the team was standing in the middle of a road near the race course, according to an October 14th incident report. Mrs. Coleman said her son is nearly nonverbal and suspects that he got lost. McDonald told police that he thought Chase was going to mug his wife, who was a passenger in his car when the incident occurred. Uh, Mrs. Coleman calls bullshit on the uh, um, story for, if for no other reason, that the boy is autistic and nonverbal, so he pro- it's unlikely that he was acting in any way violently towards uh, Mr mcdonald or his wife also the dude had on a syracuse t-shirt and uh you know the little race number when they tell you that you're running so this is bullshit anyway thoughts Hmm. i'm gonna let you go first 30 seconds john sebastian I have a I have a 17 year old nephew who is autistic and had this happened to him I promise you right now I would be a guest of the state because I would have beat that motherfucker from shit to shank over my baby. This is at and again until America repents for its sins it, no there is no forgiveness. I'm done. Uh well that that echoes my sentiment. I I have a I have a 16 year old autistic nephew and who has, despite his challenges, has done well in school, has exceeded in school, has exceeded in sports as a swimmer. And I cannot imagine being in a position where I knew that some foolish white man had put his hands on my nephew. I'd be a guest of the state. I just just can't because let me... It's it's all ridiculous on its face. I mean, there was nothing to suggest that this young man was any kind of a threat to this to to this man or his wife. 
So this he 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 got he he got out of his car, right? To accost this child. Right. And, oh, this is as bad as the man who shot his wife in the back and said, you know, he was nervous because of Black Lives Matter. It's like what? I mean, oh. worst, worst, worst case scenario. Say that this was not uh, a young man who merely got lost running a race. Say this was somebody who may or may not have wanted to do him harm. If he's in his car, why does he need to get out? Get get in your car and drive away. You are clearly in your car doors <laughs> locked you can just keep going right, thank you yeah so and, so uh, yeah yeah we would be we would have we would have to be cellmate legionnaire yeah because i no i, yeah. I just mm. I can't i i can't they're, they're, i i don't i i am very yeah. very hard pressed to be pushed to violence but something like that would definitely do it I'm telling you, I I called my sister and I was like, "Girl, don't read this article because y'all think I'm y'all think I'm quick to jump on somebody." She would have beat that man like he was a runaway slave, with good reason. <laughs> Just ins- ugh, insidious. Okay. Well, <laughs> you have thoughts, honey. I don't really know what else there is to say because I mean, once again, you all said <laughs> everything that I had to say. My main point being, if you were already in your car, unless this kid brandished a weapon, all you had to do was drive off. Right. And even if he brandished a weapon, you could still drive away. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's like, yeah. All right. He just wanted to beat up somebody black and get away with it. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. But he got he done, mm, see. Oh, he better be glad. His, he better be glad he ain't run up on John Sebastian. Oh, so summon a biscuit. You ever see those? You ever see those uh, courtrooms where it's the uh, the family who confronts the the the, the man who killed their daughter or you know uh-huh. to the sun and he jumps over the uh guardrail and beats the shit out of the dude that's what this would be all day long all day long yes indeed I, yeah and i th- that's one t- and i i don't relish I, I i don't necessarily relish looking forward to uh extended vacation time in the pokey um, but for that, I'd, I would, I would gladly, I would gladly do a bid. Mm-hmm. I would gladly do a bid for my nephew. <sighs> oh, that, yeah, that kind of, that, that, that article kind of just pissed, that sent me into the stratosphere. I can't even lie. Bastard. <sighs> well... Before we get into the main meat of uh, our discussion today, I want to remind the listeners that you can download, download. I don't know what my problem is today. Not enough vodka. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> it. All I had, the only thing I've had to eat today was some of my um, 
delicious roasted tomato uh, sauce that I just ate like soup. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I'm sure it is. Mm -hmm. If you ever come to see me, you can get some. (laughs) And bring some of that potato salad while you're at it. It'll, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a fair trade. Mm. Some tomato soup, some tomato sauce for some potato salad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and bring that potato salad with you. Shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. So, listeners, you can download tonight's episode through iTunes. Just search for reality. That's R E A L I T E A and subscribe. You can also download the entire reality library via papichuloradio.com slash archives. You can like reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality. And you can follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Papichulo Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube by searching for at Papichulo Radio. You can help support Reality and Poppy Chulo Radio financially by going to GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. And if you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us at talent at PoppyChuloRadio.com. So y'all ready to get into this? Let's do it. Absolutely. Well, first up on Hot Topics, Legionnaire, we're going to talk about Chobani. Yes, and uh, excuse me, in the story on HuffingtonPost.com, we have a uh, story about a about the company Chobani that hires refugees and treats them well. And apparently there's some people that are upset about that, claiming that if a refugee has a job, they're no longer a refugee, is their argument. Uh, Chobani founder Hamdi Ulukaya came to America in 1994 with the desire to learn English and the makings of an amazing yogurt recipe. Just over two decades later, he's done well and also done good. He's a self-made billionaire who gives readily to charity, is deeply devoted to his employees' well-being, and has dedicated himself to the plight of refugees. But his American success story has become the target of xenophobic rhetoric that includes calls for boycott because his company hires muslims conspiracy theories popping up on conservative websites and death threats being directed at public figures he has worked with one being sean barrigard the mayor of twin falls idaho where chobani opened the world's largest yogurt manufacturing plant in 2012 it got woven into a narrative that it's all a cover-up, that we're all trying to keep the refugees safe so that Chobani has its workforce, that I personally am getting money from the Obama, Obama administration to help Chobani hire whoever we want, that it's all part of this Islamification of the United States, Berigar told the New York Times. It's crazy. We are, we are an agricultural center, he added. We've depended on immigrants for a half century or more. When he first started Chobani in 2007, Ulukaya made a point of hiring people who had been laid off by other factories, including refugees, and treating them well. From the beginning, I tried to treat everybody right. We paid everyone well above minimum wage. Everybody in our plant gets the same holidays as everybody in the office. Our entire company, hourly or salaried, would get full health care and retirement plans. 
He also announced on October 5th that all employees, men and women, would receive six weeks of paid parental leave. In April, he doled out shares of Chobani ownership to the company's 2,000 full-time employees. They're worth up to 10% of Chobani overall, with an estimated average payout of around $150,000. So, you know, this is somebody who, who is doing the damn thing was actually you know becoming and following through on what is supposed to be the American dream haters gonna hate yes clearly haters are gonna clearly. hate you know that's just that's just some fool this I mean this is what is exactly what is supposed to happen in america you come here create opportunity for yourself and then put yourself in a position where you can give back for what you've been able to do for yourself you help those who are coming behind you Uh, yes and that's not even a that's not even a christian thing that is just you help those who are coming behind you Ugh, you know, people just get on my damn nerves. Well, God bless you, Mr. Ulukaya. You are doing the damn thing, and ain't no hate here. As a matter of fact, I love Chobani. In fact, I got a refrigerator full of it right now, and I will eat it gladly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once I found this out, it made me uh, even more happy to support this man because he came here, made money. And then immediately set about figuring out how he can make people's lives better. Do you know, $150 is certainly not enough to retire on. But if someone needed to cash that in, let's say they got laid off or they just went to someplace else and decided they wanted to cash that $150,000 in. Do you know how life-changing that could be in Bumblefuck? uh, Where are they? Bumblefuck, Minnesota? Where is the plant at? (laughs) Yeah, and it Twin Falls, Idaho. Twin Falls, Idaho. I'm betting $150,000 could buy you a decent sized house. Oh, I'm uh, sure it could. Twin Falls, Idaho. Or even if it can't buy you a house, you could certainly use it as collateral for down payment or for any number of things. Or it could just set you, it could just give you peace of mind that you got some money set aside. You know, Exactly, and, and these people, people see the negativity that they want to see. You know that this man is literally making a point of hiring people who would otherwise be on the dole, right? If well, no, and if they're no, not if they're ref- if they're refugees or you know, or or um, new citizens, not necessarily. The fact that he is providing jobs says enough, right? Uh, this. Uh, mm. Well, bravo to him, Mister Whatever your, his name was, because I can't pronounce it. Mister Chobani Yogurt. Mister right. Chobani Yogurt. Yes. You know the girls want to try to comfort your yogurt because they say it's not the most authentic, but you know what? It's delicious, and you do a good service to the world. So I like it. As, as do I. And if they don't like it. Fuck them. Right. I don't see Dasani or uh, Oikos 
giving you know huge uh giving percentages of the company to their workers so you know what there is that mm-hmm. well kids uh next up y'all remember byron allen I do. I, you know, we've talked about we've talked about Byron Allen before, but it bears uh, bears repeating that Byron Allen is a billionaire, and not from telling jokes, no, but by you know putting together what some may consider low quality, but it's not even necessarily that it's low quality. It, well, every star can't, every TV show can't be a Shonda Rhimes production, and right. there are twenty four hours a day to fill. On you know five hundred plus channels, somebody got to create all of that content. Absolutely. So you know what? And Byron Allen a couple of years ago sued Charter Cable because he basically said that Charter Cable, as the uh, second largest provider of cable services in the country, was not doing business with him or other black-owned media conglomerates. But recently, a judge uh, has allowed his $10 billion lawsuit against Charter Communications for alleged discrimination in contracting in violation of Section 1981 of the Civil Civil Rights Act to move forward. The lawsuit is brought on behalf of African-American-owned media networks and is being spearheaded by Mr. Allen, who is the CEO of Entertainment Studios Network, which is based in Los Angeles. ESN owns seven 24-hour HD cable television networks that serve 80 million dollars, 80 million subscribers, excuse me. So uh, basically, for the past few years, Allen has been trying to get his channels licensed by major cable operators through FCC filings, litigations, and coordinated press releases. One judge threw out his racial discrimination lawsuit against Comcast as implausible. On the other hand, he was able to secure carriage for a few of his channels on DirecTV through a settlement with AT&T after bringing suit. So, Charter Communications, through their uh, branding of Charter Spectrum, provides services to 25 million customers in 41 states. So, uh, in May of 2016, Charter inquired time and time water. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with my words. <laughs> In May, Charter acquired Time Warner Cable and Bright House Networks for a reported combined $65 million. Now, because of this ruling, Charter will now have to open up all of their contracts, which will show the world that they do not do business with 100% African-American-owned media out of the billions of dollars they spend on programming every day. Uh, So, for those of you that don't know, Section... 1981 of the Civil Rights Act basically uh, was put into place after the enactment of the 13th Amendment to fight the so-called Black Code, which made it difficult for freed, newly freed slaves to sign contracts and things. And it basically said that you can't put uh, put up special barriers 
to people of African descent as they pursue their business interests. And this is exactly what Byron Allen is saying that Charter Cable is doing. And it was already bad enough when they only had uh, their 25 million subscribers, but then they acquired Time Warner Cable and Bright House Networks. So now they are, I don't know if the, the largest or the second largest um, cable provider in the country and to have a series of practices that make it difficult or impossible for African-American owned businesses, even those owned by, you know, a multi-billionaire to do business with them is discriminatory under Section 1981. So, uh, you know, this is the sort of thing that, you know, doesn't get a lot of media attention, but could have huge implications uh, for um, Mr. Byer, Mr. Allen himself personally, but also for a lot of black uh, black owned uh, media ventures. You think of all of the um, people like Viola Davis and Halle Berry and other people who start their own production companies. These this will start to give them venues for this kind of programming. So, what do you guys think about uh, Mr. Allen's lawsuit and the ruling? Um. I think it's something that's very important for for um, you know those of us of color here in America to be very aware of because I I think a lot of times when people are viewing TV and they see these shows that are connected with entertainment studios I don't know that they necessarily connect that with Byron Allen um, as the owner of these studios I mean you're talking about shows like America's Court with Judge Ross um, what was that one uh, Comics Unleashed Ju Justice with Judge Maybelline Supreme Justice with Judge Karen you know a lot of these shows that that pop on and you see that it's by entertainment studios uh, people are not necessarily making that connection but um, you know hopefully this will be a step in in getting that out there and uh, you know doing good things for him I say hey raise hell Byron raise hell mm -hmm. yeah he's got quite a uh, he's got quite a list of um, shows out there like I said you know there's 24 hours a day on a thousand different uh, channels, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, some of these shows may be bullshit, but I mean, like you say, people are clearly watching these shows because he's a billionaire. Yes, absolutely, because, uh, you know, he's able to uh, sell them to a lot of the local networks that, you know, that 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 have been running them and, and like you said, clearly running them successfully. Mm -hmm. And while the public may not be aware that Justice for All with Judge Christina Perez or Justice with Judge Maybelline is uh, owned by Byron Allen. Charter Cable clearly knows who it's right. owned by. Right. And, and, you know, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's bullshit. But, uh, John Sebastian, what do you think? I don't. Um, because oh. I... Of all the things that I'm worried about, Byron Allen's okay. doing charter communications for a billion dollars, and I'm not getting a single dollar of it. Not my, I couldn't care. I really could. Oh, come care. on now, come on now. Let's <laughs> let's let's not be that way. So of course, I mean, ultimately, ain't none of us getting none of that money. But if we only talked about the shit that only affected affected us or our our pocketbooks, we wouldn't talk about half the shit that we talk about. Didn't you ask me what I thought about this? <laughs> Wait a minute, what you will not do? 
So, anyway. I, I don't know. I, be, I Well, let me, okay, well, let me say something positive. I'm glad that he is a better businessman than he was a comic. See, the girls are just shady. You see that? You see, <laughs> you see that, Legionnaire? The girls are just shady. Just shady. Oh. See, I tell the truth. I get in trouble. I say something nice. I get in trouble. Shit, I should have just stuck with my I don't give a damn. <laughs> You know, as my, you know what I tell you what when he picks up when he picks up Poppy Chulo Radio and reality and puts us on the air, I'll care. Mm. How about that? Well, you know, this is this is the, this is the sort of thing because you know, um, let's say we did have a television channel, Byron Allen's network would be the kind of network that would give an opportunity to a small show that doesn't necessarily reach tens of millions of people uh, in the beginning, but this is how people get to reach tens of millions of people, you know? So I say it is a good thing because Mr. Allen clearly gives back to the community, clearly is making opportunities for other, not just African-Americans, but people of color and women to succeed in this business. And, you know, his suing, you know, his David taking on these Goliaths may ultimately have some downstream positive effects for people on, you know, well-received but uh, not well-funded internet radio shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, but honestly, and, and the reason why my brain is there right now is, is in that space is because of where we are in this country and you know, six days out from a presidential election. That's all. Okay. There are large things on the landscape uh, that I will acknowledge. Yes. Yeah. So. And speaking of which, let's just get into them, John Sebastian. And <sighs> and thank God that this is the next to the last time that we will have to talk about this. Because when we meet next Wednesday, we will either be, we will be drunk. We will either be <laughs> happy drunk, drunk, happy drunk, or, or very, sad. very sad drunk. Mm. <laughs> well, yes. so um, my favorite Pennsylvania politician with his sexiest self. Oh, yes. Brian Sims of Philadelphia um, calls for a boycott of Yingling beer after uh, Dick Lingling Jr. told Eric Trump, Donald Trump's son, that he and his employees were, quote, behind the Republican nominee, according to the Reading Eagle on HuffingtonPost.com. The remarks came after Eric Trump toured Yingling and Sons Brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, while campaigning on behalf of his father. We need him in there, Yingling reportedly told Trump during the tour. Uh, news of the endorsement infuriated some patrons who took to Twitter and other social media outlets to express their distaste for the move. Among them was Mr. Sims, who called himself a former customer and blasted the brewery for using, quote, my dollars to bolster a man and an agenda that wants to punish me for being a member of the L LGBT community and punish the black and brown members of my community for not being white, he said in an October 26th Facebook post. 
Later on Wednesday, Sims posted a picture of the brewery's owner post posing with Eric Trump on Facebook, accompanied by a, a caption asking Philadelphia's gay-owned establishments to boycott Yingling's products. And then it happened. Um, <laughs> gay bars all over Philadelphia stopped ordering. And then what even happened even funnier is in D.C., um, the bars stopped uh, Hope stopped selling it as well with Annie's Paramount Steakhouse, which is one of the favorite establishments of the gay community, especially after they get out of the bars on Friday and Saturday nights uh, because they're open 24 hours a day. Good plug for Annie's. Yay. Mm. Their, their delivery came and <laughs> they literally said, turn around, take it back. We don't want it. Mm. So, the the neighborhood is not feeling Yingling. What y'all think about that? I never liked Yingling beer to begin with, and I'm not saying that just because of this, but it never tasted very good to me. So, mm -hmm. I mean, okay, fine. On, right. on that perspective, I think it's a great thing for them to do, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah that's where I stand on it. Legionnaire? Well, brava. <laughs> that, that, that's what I can say. <laughs> now, what I will say, I said was, that's so nice. But, <laughs> you know, I really wish that the gay bars in D.C. would stop treating black people as if they are an anathema. Um, then maybe I would get excited about them doing something right for a change. Mm. Um, with one bar in particular that I will not defame. Um, I will not defame, I will not name them, but they have a reputation of treating people of color. Uh, their patrons, are, well, actually, and they do too, of treating people of color um, not as friendly as they do non-people of color. So, that's that. Next up, at a rally in Greenlee, Colorado on Sunday night, Donald Trump took a rainbow flag with the words, LGBT for Trump scribbled across it and held it up for everyone to see. A video of the rally shows Trump bouncing around the stage holding the flag with a grin on his face before giving the flag back to the audience member. Our favorite quizling, Chris Brown, the former GOP proud leader who has uh, also launched an LGBT for Trump campaign, praised Trump as, quote, the most pro-LGBT presidential candidate ever nominated by either party on Twitter. Seriously. Um, <laughs> it was a seemingly impromptu and certainly strange moment. It also in no way correlates with either the rest of Trump's campaign or with his running mate's very LGBTQ unfriendly political track record. Um, Trump has also made an effort to pander to the LGBTQ community throughout the, camp the, throughout the course of his campaign. He claimed during his convention speech that he will, quote, do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology. Yet the 2016 Republican Party platform has been criticized as the most anti-LGBT in the party's history and that Trump is in no way a friend to queer people. He has said that he would seriously, he would strongly consider appointing judges to overturn the SCOTUS's same-sex marriage ruling and also stated that he opposes same-sex marriage as an institution. 
He's also flip-flopped on rights and protections when it comes to transgender people. And let's not forget Mike Pence. <sighs> yes. Right. Oh, who is actually actively working to deny our rights. The other thing is, with this whole flag thing, Trump was holding the flag upside down, mm. uh, which is a symbol of right. distress. Uh, what do y'all think about this? The, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, you're holding the flag upside down. So I, I could only be less impressed than I already was. <laughs> so the first thing I thought about it was like, girl, someone wrote on this flag by right, hand and, and, right, exactly. But what asshole wrote on the flag? Audience member, so I sort of got past that. I let that go because I was like, okay, well, he got it from an audience member, but still, right? Still bullshit. Uh huh. It's. I just don't know what else to say. It's bullshit. It is shit of the ball. Well, foolishness and fuckery. Foolishness and fuckery. Um, <laughs> again on HuffingtonPost.com. Natalie Jackson, the senior polling editor for Huffington Post, uh, tells uh, tells Dems that they should not panic over one poll showing Donald Trump ahead. Hillary Clump, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clump. Oh my God! <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> okay, it is. Open. We've been together way too long. We've been together way too yes. long. Okay, Hillary Clinton still has a strong advantage in the electoral college. But her supporters need to vote if she's going to win. Um, recently, an ABC News Washington Post national tracking poll shows Donald Trump closing the gap on Hillary Clinton. Uh, just over eight in just over eight days, the poll went from 50-38 strong Clinton to an insignificant 46-45 Trump lead as the presidential election approaches. That poll is the most extreme example, but over the last week, Republicans are returning to their prior levels of support for Trump after a lackluster October. Much of that movement in the polls um, occurred before FBI Director James Comey's announcement that the Bureau is looking into more emails that could be related to Clinton's private email use while she was Secretary of State. The FBI investigation doesn't seem to have affected views of Clinton, but there's evidence that it could have taken a toll on the enthusiasm to vote for her. Um, th these two trends have a lot of Democrats on edge and some Republicans getting more hopeful. But a closer look at the polls, predictions and campaigns indicate that Clinton is still likely to prevail. Now, the ABC Washington News Post is a high quality poll, but it's the only one showing such a dramatic change in a week. It's very unlikely that voter preferences have changed by 13 points in eight days. For example, uh, the, ID, the IBD TIPP tracking poll, which favored Trump in its debut, has held steady, with Clinton leading by one to four points over the last week. All of the national polls in the past week have shown Clinton leading between from as little as one to as many as seven points. Uh, Huffington Post's presidential forecast gives Clinton a 98% chance of winning. That runs counter to the narrative that polls are closing in and is very different from other forecast models. Most notably, the 71% probability she has in 538's model. 
So, uh, it basically boils down to Trump is not going to win because of the Electoral College. Uh, there's just no way he can do it. And the article goes on. It, it's way too long for me to read the whole thing. But basically, we got to get out and vote if we want Clinton to win. What do you all think about that? Uh, yeah. Pretty much. It's always, yeah. it, it always came down to, uh, to the vote. And, um, I just don't, I just, moral, oh God, I just can't with these people. <laughs> when people are like, um, I don't, I just don't know. I just, I just don't know. What don't you that, know, fool? Right, what don't you know? Well, Hillary is so corrupt. Well, girl, put your big girl panties on and grow the fuck up. I I mean, let let me tell you something. If you you are between the ages of 18 and um, maybe 27 or 28, I might, might let you slide because you have never had uh anybody in your life but barack obama and depending on your opinion of barack obama he wasn't all of that right but we certainly haven't had the level you know any scandals or anything like that but life is full of choices that are not clean and uh pristine so in a choice between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, to me, there is no choice. And then, you know, you have morons who say, oh, well, you know, she said this about black people in the 90s. Well, well, first, first, what she said about super predators, she was, she said, she was talking about gang members right so if you want to say or intimate that all gang members are black well then that's something that you need to work on if you say that hillary clinton and bill clinton presided over the mass incarceration of negroes well hillary clinton was the first lady she ain't preside over shit. <laughs> so, in the, and so, if you want to, if you want to tar her husband with that brush, um, so be it. Third, you got to live in this country. So, as long as you have to live in this country, it is to your benefit to have some say so over what goes on in it. And yes. if you feel that the politicians do not represent your interest. See, this is the problem, is that people think that you are supposed to be given things. In a democracy, no one gives you shit. If you feel like the mayor isn't getting the trash out on time, you don't just complain about it and say, we're going to throw this bitch out of the office. You go down and sit in front of City Hall. Now, you can't necessarily go and sit in front of the White House because the Secret Service will jack your ass up. Quickly. But what you can do is vote for people what you can do is make your voice heard in a number of ways that people didn't take care take advantage of and now they want to complain about the choices that we have 
If you wanted Bernie Sanders, did you should have voted for Bernie Sanders? I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, we have real choices and real uh, shit that needs to be taken care of. And this man is not just unqualified. I mean, this isn't even like, you know, I, I you know, Mitt Romney was a moron and all of this other stuff. But this man is insane. Like, really? Mm. So get it together, America. Yes. And, and I'd like to follow that with something that was on Facebook and I usually don't get myself worked up on a lot of stuff that gets posted on Facebook but this really really bothered me Um, I won't call the person out or anything like that but I will read the post says just a little vent I understand that voting is a right that our people fought for us to have if we choose to exercise that right if you're not feeling neither one of the presidential candidates, then why should you be forced to vote? It amazes me how people get in their soapboxes with PSAs on Facebook about presidential voting, but are MIA for other elections. Vote because you feel moved, not because you feel forced. All I will say personally, don't vote just to vote. Vote because you feel you're making a wise choice and all candidates are aligned with your core values and or ideas from local elections and the presidential elections. And I understood where he was trying to go, but he just was not getting there in the right way. And it started a bit of a debate. And, you know, and I guess what's being missed is that voting is a part of your civil duty as an American citizen. So to say, you know, to say that, you know, somehow it's okay that you don't exercise that vote means that it should be okay for you not to participate in the process of being an American citizen and putting your voice out there so that you can get what you need from this society. And I can't agree with that. That's fucked up thinking. That's such fucked up thinking. That's that's the same rationale that allows people to say, well, I'm just one person. My vote doesn't count. Ask Al Gore. Yes. I mean, I just can't, I can't stomach that kind of thinking. And it just, this, this election season, especially, this is not the time for that kind of thinking. What, what you need to do as a citizen is you owe it to yourself. You owe it to this country to get yourself educated. If you don't know, Find out. If you don't like them, there is a choice. So this is not about whether or not you like Hillary Clinton or whether you like Donald Trump. Clearly, one is qualified to run the country and one is not. That's not about liking one or the other. I don't particularly I I think that at times Hillary can definitely be can be remote and icy. I absolutely feel that way. But do I feel that she can run the shit out this country? Yes. She's qualified. She's been in the political arena. She's been in the trenches. She's been doing shit for 30 fucking years. So I don't want to hear anything else about some goddamn emails that don't amount to anything. 
They don't amount to shit. They have proven that those emails, while she may or may not have been sending information in the way that she should have, she has not done anything illegal. Knowing that shit and does nothing. Knowing that shit proves absolutely nothing. Nothing. It doesn't prove the thing. It doesn't prove the thing. And what she is that the, that the emails that she had, that her assistant has on her computer will be emails that she didn't already have. I'm like, why? I mean, that just doesn't even make any fucking sense. No, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it, it, it's like you said, it's like the, the American public is just dumb. And and I wish I had that clip from, from, um, from real time last week because Bill Maher encapsulated it perfectly. This society is at a place where whatever somebody hears, they run with. And they don't know what they're hearing. Right. And they don't know and they have no clue as to what they're hearing. But they're they are basing their entire judgment over what they're hearing. And I'll be the first to admit I was not a person who who had a whole hell of a lot of political awareness. I fully acknowledge that. But I took the time to at least understand who I was voting for when I voted. Because I knew that it was important for me to exercise that right, that responsibility as an American citizen. Well, so I'm one thing that for me, the whole super predators thing and the whole Bill Clinton locked a whole lot of black people up in the 90s over drugs. Right. What these what these people don't realize is that all Bill Clinton did was answer and give a whole lot of black folks what they asked for exactly. in light of the right in the exactly. cracks going on in inner cities. These are people I remember being in churches and hearing preachers say, We gotta do something about it. We gotta put them in jail. We gotta put them in jail. But we need to clean up our streets. And I re- I mean I remember black pastors advocating for three strikes. Because they thought it would make, you know, it would help, you know, help whoever, you know, and I, I hate to be stereotypical, but they thought it would help Pookie get himself together if, you know, after the third strike, he had to go to jail for 25 years. But what they didn't intend, what they didn't, the law was so vaguely written that your three strikes could be uh, one drug possession and two urinating in public. That's a 25 year bid. Right. What? So this whole, you know, she said, you know, she called black people, you know, uh, she, you know, she called black youths and black male youths super criminals. Well, shit, some of them were. If they were running a criminal criminal enterprise, they were. You know, right. so we have, you know, especially in the African American community, especially in the African American church community, our hands are not clean in this transaction. We got dirty right. hands as well, and we need to own that. So, next up, and because you know, speaking of emails and and investigations, uh, <laughs> we are no longer voting for president. We're voting about Anthony Weiner's penis. <laughs> if this country goes down because of Anthony Weiner, I will personally. Well, never mind, because you know, <laughs> won't know listening to this shit, I will just be very mad. Mm. I will have a come to Jesus meeting with Mister Weiner. Who's Jewish? Yes. Okay, so uh, 
New York Times published an article that states the FBI's email disclosure broke a pattern followed even this summer. Um, the FBI and Justice Department faced a hard decision in two investigations this past summer that had the potential to rock the presidential election. The first case involved Donald Trump's campaign, ma campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, and his secret business dealings in Ukraine. The other was focused on Hillary Clinton's relationships with donors to her family's foundation. At the urging of the Justice Department, the FBI agreed not to issue subpoenas or take other steps that would make the cases public so close to the election, according to federal law enforcement officials. Against this backdrop, the decision of the FBI Director James Comey to send a letter to Congress last week about a renewed inquiry regarding Mrs. Clinton's emails is not just a departure from longstanding policy. It has plunged the FBI and the Justice Department directly into the election, precisely what justice officials were trying to avoid. Uh, the letter, which he sent over the objections of the Justice Department and his boss, by the way, stirred outrage across party lines. It unleashed a torrent of news that laid bare the government's internal deliberations and exposed infighting and occasional mistrust between rank-and-file FBI agents and senior department officials. Uh, since Mr. Comey's revelation, the FBI has hurried to analyze uh, cash emails belonging to one of Mrs. Clinton's aides, Huma Abedin, who, was, who is currently separated from Anthony Weiner. It is increasingly unlikely that the review will be complete by election day, FBI officials said, although they say that there was a chance they could offer updates before November 8th. Uh, let's see. In the, the Ukraine case, agents in Washington are investigating the relationship between foreigners and Mr. Manafort, who was Mr. Trump's campaign chairman from June until August. For a decade beginning in 2005, Mr. Manafort advised Ukraine politicians uh, including Viktor F. Yamkovich, who served as president from 2010 to 2014 when he fled the country amid protests. Um, and there was money, and Mr. Manafort wasn't supposed to do it. It was shady. Uh, he quit as the campaign manager. The FBI is still investigating. Um, and around the same time in August, uh, the FBI grappled with whether to issue subpoenas in the Clinton Foundation case, which, like the Manafort matter, was in its preliminary stages. The investigation had not developed much evidence and was based mostly on information that had surfaced in news stories and the book, quote, in the book titled Clinton Cash, according to several law enforcement officials briefed on the case. The book asserted that foreign entities gave money to former President Bill Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and in return received favors from the State Department when Mrs. Clinton was Secretary of State. She has adamantly denied those claims. Um, in meetings, the Justice Department and senior FBI officials agreed that making the Clinton Foundation investigation public and suggest they were favoring Mr. Trump. But waiting, they acknowledged, would open them up to criticism from Republicans who were demanding an investigation. They agreed to keep the case open, but wait until after the election to determine their next steps. The move infuriated some agents who thought that the FBI's leaders were reining them in because of politics. <sighs> blah, 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 yak, yak, yak. Uh, Mr. Comey issued this letter, which is a which could be considered politicking. Um, I'm sorry, ele electioneering, which could be a violation of the Hatch Act, blah, 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 yak, yak. Uh, this is the first time in history that this has happened, and it just looks stinky. What do you all think about this? 
can can all this just be over? I wish it were. <laughs> it's, I don't it's, care. It's all just wearing me out. I do not purr. I don't care because here's where we are. We got our choice between Hillary Clinton, who is a flawed individual and, you know, who is a qualified but flawed individual and Donald Trump, who is a completely unqualified person complies, comprised exclusively of flaws. Even the flaws have flaws. Right. Mm. So, the emails were not important to me when uh, I made my decision before, and it's not important now. Even if there was an email that she accidentally did send to someone that was not classified the reason that she wasn't prosecuted was because they already examined you know 25,000 or 30 some thousand emails and said there was no it wasn't like she was trying to sell state secrets right you know and now that this see isn't Edward Snowden trying to sell state secrets she's a woman she's a person who was trying to uh maintain some semblance of privacy and some semblance of privacy for the agency in an era of having spent the last 20 years of her life under constant scrutiny so no don't care even a little bit not at all it wasn't even something I thought about when I entered the voting booth. No one that I know is thinking of this. No one who was already going to vote for Hillary is swayed by uh, this foolishness. Some, you know, lesser-minded people maybe have lost their enthusiasm or have some lesser enthusiasm, but it doesn't matter for me because the choice on the other side of the aisle is something that I couldn't even, I couldn't even a situation, I couldn't even fathom a situation of something that Hillary would have had to have been exposed to say or do for me to be like, well, I guess I have to vote for Trump. I don't care if I, if I had already voted. Right. But what were you going to say, John Sebastian? I don't care if they find John Bonet and Jimmy Hoffa in Chappaquiddick or in, in, in Chappaqua in her basement. I'm still voting for her. Hmm. I don't care if they find Dorian Corey in her basement. Hmm. Child, if they find Dorian Corey in her basement, that's going to be a whole other set of issues. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a uh, story. Now that's a story. Yes. So, ooh. Yeah, but no, it's... I, I think that we have got that many people who are in their feelings about this, a lot of them never were going to vote, never wanted to vote for her in the first place. You right, know, right. and so let we, you know, and let's also remember, and for me, this is, she has not done anything that men have not done. Exactly. And I guess that's what 
that's that's what pisses what, me off. Yes, that's where my irritation comes from. Is she hasn't done anything different than a lot of politicians have done. So they're so they're basing all of this crap off of off of the fact that she's a woman and she's not the soft, you know, fluffy woman that they would probably prefer to see up there and probably not vote for she's a tough high, she's a high riding bitch that wants to do the fucking job and high so, riding bitches get things done yeah so right. it's like come on now i just can't you know i can't fathom the people that say oh well she she's a liar and it's like okay well what exactly did she lie about that was so terrible and they go, uh, but well, uh, uh, um, um, you know, the emails. Okay, exactly what emails? What emails? Right. You know, so that's that's the thing that I that I say about you know that I concur when I listen to people say this this the people in this country are stupid. It's like they're so, you know, it's it's the one thing that really shows, you know, how detrimental social media has been to the fabric of society. Because this is where people get all of this stuff. I mean, nobody actually takes the time to look things up and get factual information anymore. And it's just, it's crazy. They they take everything off of sound bites and whatever said on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you know, and they run with it like it is actual, you know, that it's an actual news source. And that, you know, I'm glad you said that. Um, we have... This country has become very, very dumbed down. Yes, Lord. You know, we, uh, to the point of, we we are so quick to believe a lie. You know, it, because, you know, and, and the fake, and what really kills me is people are so slow that they don't catch fake news sites anymore. Right. Um, and the one that gets me every time is abcnews.com.co. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, you really you you just dumb for no damn reason. <laughs> you you just dumb for no reason. Because if you and, and it says at the bottom of the page, you know, this is a satirical website. And it's like mm. it just and, and I had someone argue me down one day when I said this is a fake website. It is ABC News. And I was like, uh boo-boo. <laughs> I know if you look, go to abcnews.com, go to abc abcnews.go.com. That is the official ABC. This is ABC News. Okay, boo boo. All right. <laughs> you, you just hope you want that. To, you want this foolishness to be true. So I'm going to let you let it be true. God bless your ministry. Oh, I just can't. I'm just at the point now. Can this just be? Oh, and I love politics. This year, I'm done. I am literally done. Stick a fork in me and get clear juice done. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's it. That's you know what? Uh, it, let's just talk about something positive yes. in hot tea. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very good with that. <laughs> So, uh, while Legionnaire was here, we went to go see uh, a movie called Moonlight. And if you're a listener of this radio show, you probably have seen information about it 
on um, your timeline. It is about a young kid growing up in Miami, and it's about his. It's a it's a coming of age story. The main character's name is Chiron, uh, and the film is divided into three chapters entitled "Little Chiron and Black." The three names used to refer to the same person as we follow him from childhood through adolescence to adulthood and he's a boy then a teenager and then a man trying to find his place in a world full of people and things that he doesn't necessarily understand um you got some pretty clear hints from the uh you know the beginning from the trailer of the movie that you know there may have been some gay aspects to it and it's it it, it is although it's not it's not, uh, this ain't Noah's Ark. This isn't, um, there's not going to be, you know, locker room scenes between two teenage boys or two, two sex, between two sexy grown men. So it's, it's not that kind of movie. In the beginning, um, Chiron is befriended by the local drug dealer and he's having dinner at the drug dealer's house with the drug dealer and his uh, his girlfriend, and he asked Chiron, asked the drug dealer whose name is Juan, uh, "What's a faggot?" And then after a long pause, the, the you know you you this is like the pivotal moment, and you know mm-hmm. all of the all of the all of the kids are sitting there. This like, what is this fool gonna say? Right. Am I right, Legionnaire? Absolutely. We were Absolutely. all just like, okay, what is this? What is this dude going to say? And then he said, "Faggot is a thing that people say to make gay people feel bad." And then he was about to say something else, but his girlfriend gives him the head shake, like, "Nope, just end it right there. Don't say nothing else." <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Stop. And then played play surprisingly, surprise, right. um, surprise. Well, I shouldn't say surprisingly well, but was well played as even. As a small bit part by Janelle Monet, it has to be said. Yeah, she did really well in the movie. And um, then he says, am I a faggot? And he says, listen, we don't know what you will be, but we know that you will. I don't remember what he said, but it wasn't. It was just the little boy that played the, the, men, the, the men that played Chiron at these different ages were all excellent in their own way at you know conveying what this man was uh going through and what i love about the movie most is that um the characters were complex right. when you have a movie about black people even when they're told by other black people characters are often one-dimensional so it's like okay if you've got the drug dealer well then drugs are bad so therefore the drug dealer is bad well, the drug dealer may be bad, but he also took in this boy who was being, you know, bullied by the local toughs and helped raise this boy. Uh, you, you know, you think of a woman. What kind of woman would be with a man who sells drugs? Well, the kind of man who fixed this little boy food every day from the time he was about eight years old until he was seventeen years old. Right. You know. What can you say about a mother who, you know, kept an apartment 
and appeared to be a nurse in the beginning, but also was a crackhead. I mean, you know, so these were all complex characters. That's what I loved. And also loved that it wasn't, um, you know, yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of the kids say things about, um, well, I, I can't get into Noah's Ark because, you know, that doesn't represent my life. You know, I can't get into um, Will and Grace because that doesn't represent my life. Well, this was another aspect of what it is to be gay and what it or I don't even well, we can just assume that the uh, that Chiron grows up to be at least a closeted homosexual, whether he right. actually comes out or not is beyond, be, excuse me, beyond the arc of the story. But I love that it told um, the story from a different kind of gay man. It's nothing wrong at all with being the kind of men who are in Noah's Ark or the kind of men like Patrick Ian Polk, but there are plenty of gay men who aren't. And I'm glad that they are telling their stories because there are men out there who need to see them. And men and right. boys... Um, I would agree with everything that you said. I mean, I enjoyed the movie very much, and it was um, it was it was a story that was atypical. It was more about you know how this kid was growing up, and yes, while he did need to navigate his sexuality in the midst of all that it wasn't such an overpowering part of his journey or his story i mean it was definitely incidental and integral to who he is but you know there was so many other things that he had to contend with um that tied into that uh one of the moments that really stood out for me um was that moment when he was you know when he was talking to juan and he talked about the fact that you know, he he asked him point blank, "Do you sell drugs?" And he was like, "Yes." And he asked, he said, "Well, you know, my mom does drugs." He was like, "Yes." He said, "So, and you sell my mom drugs?" And it was like the look on Juan's face as he watched this little boy put it all together. You could see the pain in his face, where it's like you know yeah he's out there scripts you know scrambling and scratching and making his living but even even in that he's doing good to take this boy under his wing he also has to contend with the fact that he's directly responsible for putting him into this circumstance to begin with so it was just mm -hmm. really well it was it was i thought that was a beautiful beautifully played scene and the actor who played Juan just, I mean, all those little nuances, at least to me, all that stuff played out in his face as this boy was asking him, you know, these really, really hard questions that forced him to look at how he's navigating the world and, and what he's and the part that he's playing and how this boy is suffering growing up. So it was just, yeah, I, I enjoyed it immensely. And a lot of people had issues with how the movie ended. I, I thought that I thought that it was well acted. I loved how it ended. Um, it, I, yeah, I would say that every every um, same gender loving individual, um, particularly of color, even if it doesn't necessarily speak to your life experience, should experience this movie. Yeah, I mean, I 
that certainly was not my experience growing up, but I enjoyed the movie. But, you know, I, I feel like you and I have also seen, and John Sebastian as well, even though he hasn't seen it yet, have seen a lot of art films and a lot of um, these. So we've seen a lot of cinema. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like the things that some of the people who made criticism about, you know, the movie being slow or there not being enough, you know, sex in it for it to be a story about, you know, some gays and, um, you know, how the movie ended. Well, that movie ended exactly like I expected a film to to end. You know, it's Hollywood in Hollywood movies are designed for the masses. And so there has to be a neat resolution mm-hmm. of they all lived happily ever after. And there can't be intimacy, intimacy can't be implied. Intimacy has to be forced upon you through the showing of naked flesh and, you know, not just the, um, appearance of sex but you know as close to actual nudity and pornographic sex as possible which you know i'm all for you know i love nudity and pornographic (laughs) sex but that's not what this movie was about and it actually probably would have taken it away if that had if that had been there because that wasn't what this movie was all about first of all what the movie was played by a dude who who was supposed to be eight and then 17 and then 27. The eight-year-old, that would have just been terrible. And even for the 17-year-old, it wasn't about his, it wasn't about him getting his dicks up for the first time. It was about him being able to be trusting enough of another human being. Mm-hmm. Because by this time, well, I don't want to tell you things, but he just hadn't had a lot of positive role models of any age or any gender in his life and so the encounter that he has wasn't even necessarily about the physical act it was about that someone finally took the time to understand him and it was the dialogue between the two men or the two boys at the time that it was about it was about that intimacy and the sexual contact that they had was almost incidental to that intimacy mm-hmm you know, it's okay. So you you said something very interesting, and you know, let me tell you about Hollywood. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about Hollywood. They only let one or two. One. <laughs> okay. So when you say, you know, the whole it, it it has to be explicit and it has to be you know wrapped up in a, a nice happy ending. The movie that comes to mind, the film that comes to mind for me was Dangerous Liaison, um, and. When, uh, you know, when it starts out and and uh, the Vicon is trying to woo the Virgin, you know, he, does he finally get a neck? He, you know, he finally takes it, you know, near the end of the film. But the the seduction, as wicked as it was, made the movie, you know, he, you know, just the 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 the, the slyness and the the under just. I think you know my brain is is disconnecting, but it wasn't a it wasn't about wham bam thank you man. It wasn't about grabbing her, ripping her clothes off, having her titty fall out. 
Mm. It, it right. was it was more the intimacy and frankly the mind fuck. It was the mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and it and because it was beyond it's beyond my control. Um, best movie line ever, I swear to God. But yes. um, this sounds like you know um, because I've not seen the movie yet. Because again, you know, I live out in um, horse country, so and they don't show it at the local multiplex. Um, but it looks like I'm gonna have to spit, take a day and just come down and see it. I can do that. Yes. So, uh, listeners, we encourage you if it's in your city uh, to go see it, and soon. Even though uh, actually it's uh it's it was playing like in in New York and Los Angeles and then it expanded to a couple of more theaters including DC and Atlanta and then it opens in wide release on November the fourth which is uh, Friday Friday I guess. yes it's Friday yeah, yeah. so definitely go see it um, this is a story that people need to see and hear some of you need to see and hear it because you will recognize yourself in Chiron's character, or you'll see yourself in other characters, or you'll recognize things, the people that have been in your environment, even if you don't recognize yourself at all, go and support what is essentially a, you know, a very positive story about uh, the power of intimacy uh, between two men. And we always talk about, you know, especially, especially same gender loving black men, are always talking about how there is a dearth of films for us and about us. Well, here's right. one. Go see it. Absolutely. Yes. Hmm. So that this man can, you know, be empowered to make more stories right. uh, about us. And then maybe you will get your nude scene, because, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I wouldn't have minded seeing them, seeing them bang it out a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> that wasn't what this movie was about. That's not you don't it's, that's not necessary to the story. <laughs> yes. Is this nudity but germane to the story? Yeah, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> bow chicka bow wow. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Oh so. it, listen, it even made my allergies act up. Oh Lord. <laughs> Just a little why bit. Why were you, you know, why were you cutting onions in the theater? I don't know. It, I feel maybe 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 it was a new theater, and you know the foam in the seats were was outgassing or something. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's your story. Stick to it. That's your line. Stick to that it. Is, that is it. Well, and you know what? It was the very end. It was very end. Um, and I, I'll maybe one of these days I'll tell you what it is. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but something that uh, the main character says at the very end was like, oh, my. <laughs> you like me. You really like me. Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was essentially that. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, sounds like I'm going to be going to see a film. Yeah, what about phrase Facebook friends was like, damn, why can't I find a butch queen like that? <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to laugh. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Anywho. Any well, speech. all right, kids, that's been a, it. This was a good show. You know, it's, um, 
I, I'm glad that we were able to end the show on a positive note. And, you know, again, we really want to encourage you girls, you girls, everyone <laughs> to get out and see the movie. But more importantly, get vote. out and vote. 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 Don't complain. Vote. Vote. Mm. Don't, Don't bitch boo. about it. Mm. Vote. vote. Yes. Research and vote. And let me tell you why it's important to, to research. Because I live in D.C. And so, I mean, you know, if anybody other than a Democratic, Democratic candidate wins for president, you know, it would be... I don't even know what would have had to have happened in the in, in Washington D.C. for that to have happened, but just like in any other city, there's a lot of other shit going on, and you know people often like if the mayor, if there's like a mayoral candidate running, or there's a congressional or senate candidate running, then you may know about that. But a lot of people don't know about who their local representatives are and things like that. And we had like local council elections and I literally and I'm a pretty well informed people, but I was like, he's running again. <laughs> There's one person who comes to mind immediately in Ward Eight. Like, is he yes. running again? Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Uh I live in Ward Seven and Vincent Gray is becoming the Marion Barry of Ward Seven. Ward seven. Yes he mm. is. But it's you like, know this what, bitch though? is running he runs for mayor and then he wins and mayor turn and he loses, then he goes back to councilman. And I'm like, girl, can't you just sit down? <laughs> Please. Well, considering that the, considering that he considering that what was done to him is what's being done to Secretary Clinton right now. He is absolutely right to try to get back in politics because there was no reason he should not have won re-election because that was well, well i don't know about all that but we can talk about that later yeah but i'm just saying he was a popular listeners he was a popular mayor and the fbi opened up an investigation and then closed it with no charges after he lost re-election mm. well so it, it looked shady as hell and I ain't even. But what he did even. look shady as hell, though. Oh yeah. Listen, oh God. Listen, yeah. we gotta wrap yeah. this show up. We gotta yes. wrap this show up. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, you can catch reality with extremes on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. And episodes are available to download every Thursday via slash archives and via via iTunes. You can like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality. And you can follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube by searching for Poppy Chulo Radio. You can support reality and Poppy Chulo Radio by going to gofundme.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. And you can email us via reality at Poppy Chulo Radio with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. And lastly, if you are interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us via talent at poppychuloradio.com. So, John Sebastian, other than your wrong opinion about Vincent Gray, tell the kids how they can get in contact with you. Well, Dominion, considering that you don't know what the hell you're talking about, they can get in contact <laughs> with me on Facebook at unofficial <laughs> John Sebastian and on Twitter at GSJ612. Legionnaire, can you tell the kids how to get in contact with you? 
Oh, they can find me on Facebook, uh, where I am known as Legionnaire Onyx. Uh, on the, excuse me, on the Twitter and the Instagram, I am uh, reachable at Legion Onyx. And for the regular listeners of Poppy Chulo Radio, they can find me not only here on Reality, but also on shows The Shield Files and The Rambling Dead. Excellent. So you can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Onyx on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Dom Onyx and www.domonyx.com. And we were so happy to have you in our living rooms and in our lives for uh, a couple of hours. And we look forward to doing it again next week when we will finally, finally, finally be done with this election so uh let's say good night to the listeners good night mm, good night everybody good night and it was a pleasure and we will see you all next week thanks for listening to reality this is ben patrick johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week <laughs>